It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are David Harrison and Chris Russell. You are Locked On Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you will get 15% off of your next order. Welcome to returning listeners and new listeners. If you haven't already, guys, please do us a favor. Click that subscribe button, rate and review the show. Leave us a five-star rating, preferably, that'll help other fans of the franchise like you find this team. When Chris and I are not here on this podcast for you, you can find Chris over the Team 983 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and on the Radio.com app. And you can find him covering the Washington football team for SI.com. You can find me covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Locked On Bucks podcast as well, and over at SB Nation at BucksNation.com, doing that for them. And on Twitter, you can find Chris at WrestleMania621. Find me at DHarrison82 and find the show at LockedWFTPod. So that's the roll call of all the work you can find us doing covering the <laughs> National Football League. Chris, uh, another weekend in the books. Some good news to wrap up the week for the Washington football team. And uh, unless I missed something, which is, is possible, I've had quite a, quite a hectic weekend myself, no drama to start off the week, at least no negative drama to start off the week. No, which is a rare occurrence, right? But but as they say, David, as we record this, it's Sunday uh, what early evening, late afternoon. Day ain't over yet. And as we found out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday (laughs) of last week, the Washington football team loves to make signings and loves to make acquisitions when we are done recording the show. So something could still happen. Uh, Like, you know, I don't know. The the Dan Snyder report could be dropped at like 10 o'clock tonight for all I know. (laughs) but hopefully nothing bad. Um, But since our last episode, right. And and I did joke around with you and I think we mentioned it on the last episode. I said, uh, I said, they'll probably trade Brandon Sheriff, Um, you know, after they didn't trade Brandon Sheriff, but they did sign a versatile offensive lineman and maybe somebody that could replace Brandon Sheriff one day. They did do that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, talking about Tyler Larson, uh, again, another Carolina Panthers connection. And, you know, we talked about this already, too. Whenever a new coach comes in, it always kind of always it always starts going. You know, I go back to Lovey Smith. And when he got to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it turned into the Tampa Bay Bears, you know what I mean, for a little while there. And it's just you, you these coaches like to bring in their guys, right? I put that in air quotes, the guys who know their language, know their system and know how to execute it and know how to lead. Uh, Tyler Lawson is is close to 30 years old. He'll be 30 years old and during the summer here. Uh, has some good experience. I mean, played 13 games for the Carolina Panthers in 2020, and he's got some starts under his belt. So not a not an earth you know ground shaking signing, but like you said, a good player who's not young, but he's not old and has some potential in him. Still has some tread on the tires and could definitely serve a purpose either as depth or as like you said, a spot a spot starter for the Washington Football Team. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, a center primarily, uh, and he's played some right guard in his career. Now, the thing that would concern me is, you know, you mentioned those 13 games. You know, a lot of that was on um, 
a lot of that was was you know because special teams and whatever not really right. as much in terms of offensive grades i think he only had or snaps i think he only had seven offensive snaps in 2020 uh and 28 in 2019 that's really tailed off from a high of 720 in 2017 so for those that are kind of unfamiliar with his story he was actually here in washington and i covered him uh for a little bit from february 2015 all the way through to the final cuts in uh, I guess it was late August, early September of 2015. This was Jay Gruden's second year as the head coach, Scott McLuhan's first year as the general manager. And Lawson was, you know, again, released. And then he caught on with Carolina. And then eventually he finished up, uh, I think it was 2016. Uh, you know, he was often on their practice squad in 2015 when uh, eventually he caught on. Uh, and, and then in 2016, he actually finished up that year as their starting center because of injury. I think it was to Ryan Khalil, um, if memory serves me correct. And then in 2017, he played the bulk load of his 720 snaps at right guard. So he played a lot early on in his career. Why he hasn't played that much for an offensive line that quite honestly was really, really, really torn and tattered in 2019. I remember that being a major problem. David, I don't know. So we're going to have to find out how much he's got left in the tank and whether he's just, you know, again, a warm body that can play a couple of positions or whether he's a warm body and can help kind of like how Wes Schweitzer did last year when he was signed, he was kind of looked at in the same regard, but Wes Schweitzer turned out to actually be pretty good. So maybe Larson comes back here uh, and, and, and kind of, you know, fills another hole and, and performs something close to what Wes Schweitzer did. Yeah, I mean, I think the hope is probably that he's a glue guy. You know what I mean? A guy that that helps kind of solidify the offensive line from a preparation, a a motivation, a leadership standpoint as a, as a little bit of an older player. And and you know, if if he can provide that, that's it's not going to make the highlight reel or the top ten on ESPN, but it's it's a critical part of any roster. And then uh, you look at the other move that they made over the weekend as well in, in signing linebacker David Mayo again, another guy with Carolina ties and and ties to the staff. And you look at him too. I mean, is is he going to battle for a starting position? I mean, I, I you know never say never type of situation, especially when you are kind of familiar with what the coaches are going to want from you. But I think in the beginning, you probably look at him as more of a role player, not so much a star like a William Jackson III, but still a potentially solid member of your team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and you know, look, it, it probably means that they're not bringing back a guy like Jared Norris who was along the, the lines of a David Mayo um, and, and also came from Carolina. So this guy's going to help you a little bit on special teams, probably a primary special teamer, uh, and as well, like you said, a little bit of linebacker depth. Remember, uh, we don't know about Reuben Foster yet. They let go of Sean Dion Hamilton right away in the offseason, which was kind of uh, interesting. And they're losing you know, some other guys, too, in that front seven, and specifically at the linebacker level uh, after having drafted Khalid Hudson last year. So uh, that'll be interesting to kind of see that fit. But, you know, teams are all always kind of like tweaking and, and adding and, and, and going back to, like you said, who they know and who's familiar with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And free agency is not done. Those moves probably not going to move the meter for too many people on the free agent market, but they're good, solid moves for the Washington football team franchise. And as we get through the rest of free agency and the bigger names out there continue to sign on with teams, we're going to get closer and closer to the NFL draft. We're barely over a month away, Chris. It's already almost NFL draft time. And with those picks come uh, predictions and they, and they come prop bets. And if you want to get on, on all that action, all you got to do is head over to our friends over at betonline.ag because they are the fastest and continue to be the easiest way to bet on all sports action, whether it is NFL draft prop bets or NBA action, March Madness, hockey, baseball, who saw Illinois falling today? I know yeah. I didn't, or on Sunday, I know I didn't. But even if, if sports aren't your thing, again, I'm not sure why you listen to the show if you don't like sports, but let's just say you have other other interests like awards, TV shows, reality TV, betonline.ag has got you covered there as well. They've got all the new scores and odds you need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. When you do sign up and you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a free 50% welcome bonus on top of that deposit. So again, that's promo code Locked On for a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On podcast, Locked On Today podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts, like wherever you get the Locked On Washington football team podcast as we welcome you back right here on the first edition of a brand new week. Hopefully it'll be a little bit calmer as we kind of make the transition transition from the pulse of free agency to the NFL draft and we'll still have some free agent signings make no mistake about it but really it'll be time now to crank up preparation for the draft we are heading towards Cleveland at the end of April and a guy that very much hopes to have his name called at some point we don't know when or absolutely if uh, is Rayshard Ashby, the Virginia Tech linebacker who we had on part one on the last episode of last week, in case you missed that. Please, please, please go check it out. Really good spot, really good interview. Uh, David and I getting a chance to catch up with the Hokie. And now here's part two of Rashard Ashby. And you're going to want to listen to some of the fun that we had with him. Uh, you mentioned, you know, how much you love Virginia Tech, and obviously everybody knows when you guys come out and enter Sandman and Lane Stadium is jumping off the hook. And I know you didn't get to have that opportunity, obviously, this year. How tough was this past year specific? I mean, it's always tough going through a football season, right, and academics and all that stuff that you have to balance. But how tough was it this year, not only dealing with all of that stuff, but then not having that juice from, you know, the crowds, even on the road and dealing with all the COVID protocols that you have to deal with as a football player, uh, you know, just like society did, but even more so as a football player. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a lot. Like you couldn't go out 
you had to stay in. Coach had a no going out rule. Like if he seen you at a bar, you would be in trouble. <laughs> Things like that. So he'll have like coaches go out there and check the bars and like any given night and things like that. So, I mean, it was tough just from that aspect of you wanting to live a college lifestyle, but then also the aspect of, like you're saying, uh, no fans and just that juice. And I think that's really where we as a team and and the leaders that we had on that team really had to stand up and say, we got to create the juice for ourselves. So that's what we really pride ourselves on a lot this year was just creating that juice for ourselves this year and, and cheering on everybody. And that's what we've been did, but it was even a more emphasis. Uh, Coach Food definitely does a great job of making sure everybody on the sideline, like he'll point it out, like that would be a big thing at their game. If he doesn't see like the sideline jumping on a big player, things like that, he'll point it out the next day. And like, he'll be pissed about it because he knows, he knows how much that energy can just transfer onto the team. So it was definitely a thing that we as a team really took into account. And as far as like the inner sentiment from my last year, you know, I, I definitely wish I could have it, but understand the safety protocols and things like that. But at home, I mean, it kind of wasn't, it was a difference, but with our, cause our family was able to come. So they were like right behind us. So it was like when we come off the field, you could see them. So it'd be like, okay. But then it was like a couple of away games where it was like nobody in the stands. And it would be like, come off the field and you look in the stands and it would only be like the four bus drivers that drove us there <laughs> in the stands eating and just watching. I'm like, yeah, this is crazy. But yeah, it was definitely uh, took took some time to get used to. Uh, it felt like, kind of felt like a practice in that way. But you just had to create your juice on the field and get into it. Yeah, Richard, we've already talked a little bit about your production at this level of college football playing for Virginia Tech in the ACC, a Power 5 school, a big-time program. You've played against some other big-time programs and some opponents. Um, the saying goes, you know, iron sharpens iron. Uh, who's the opponent that stands out from your career uh, at Virginia Tech that you think maybe, you know, made you the best in, in the short experience that you had versus that per, that player on the field? Because we played against a lot of a lot of good backs, a lot of good players. And I think they each kind of taught me different things and just going against them. But it's a lot of linemen that I really don't remember their names, mm -hmm. but just little stuff they did where I was like, okay, I like how he did that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that next time. I see what you're doing, like throughout the game and just how they work. Uh, I know it was a couple of pit linemen this year and year past, and it was some pit linemen. Some Boston College linemen. Uh, but I mean, other than that, it was like Notre like Notre Dame, their line, uh, the years we played them were, were solid. Yeah. Uh, it was really good playing it, felt good playing against them. But just the backside played against Travis Antonine, the back from Florida State, Cam Akers mm -hmm. played against him. So I mean, I played against uh, a lot of the running backs from from North Carolina. De Michael Carter. <laughs> he, he's good. He's good. Yeah, but Mark, Michael Carter, he he solidified in my book. I like him. Yeah. I like the way he runs a lot. Javante runs hard too. So yeah, I mean, I played against a lot of good people. Kind of bring everything different and versatile, different ways. And I think that's just the fun part of the game: finding a way to where you go against different opponents, figure out how they are and how to attack them.
All right, once again, that is the second part of Virginia Tech linebacker Rayshard Ashby as he gets ready for his pro day and the NFL draft. This is the Locked on Washington football team podcast, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. You can follow David at dharrison82. And, of course, listen to him on the Locked on Bucks podcast uh, with James Yarko and as well at bucksnation.com. You can follow the podcast at LockedWFTPod. You can follow me at Russellmania621. We want want you guys to be interactive uh, with us and of course ask questions and and give us your opinions so that we can drop it into the show but we've been telling you about built bar forever now the best tasting protein bar quite simply on the market for well for a while, if not forever. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. A new box showed up in my mail on Saturday, I guess it was. So that was plenty of fun. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. David, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who are you going with to advance? Um, I don't like either of them, to, ah. be, to be quite ah. honest with you. Um, but I'm going to go coconut because it's better than uh, the birthday cake. I'm, oh. I've said this on previous episodes. I'm not a big fan of birthday I, cake flavored items. So I know. Yeah. I know. I, I thought you were going to say I'm going to go with coconut because you were going to say sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> so that is true. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, but Anyway, I, I, look, I, I'm not a big fan of coconut, so I'll go with birthday cake. So basically we're splitting hairs here. Uh, go to builtbar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. That's at bar underscore built. Remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup between birthday cake and coconut and who will become the best tasting protein bar in all the land. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL Draft is just weeks away, as we've already talked about, and it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to, and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft show. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Chris, speaking of mock drafts, it's Mock Draft Monday, and we've got one fresh in the shoot. But before we get to that, uh, I I said we're going to start the week off without any drama. That doesn't mean there was no quote-unquote drama. I don't know how how high it reaches on the drama scale, but Landon Collins did have something interesting to say over the weekend. 
Yeah, so basically on his Instagram story or whatever the kids call it these days, Landon Collins was asked, you know, basically what, you know, what about the rumors and the speculation about a position switch? And David, we've talked about this and and, and the possibility of what to do with Landon Collins. Uh, and it looks like they're going to keep him, uh, you know, A, because there's a lot of dead money involved, but maybe about pos- switching positions. And he said, quote unquote, it was not happening. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he is saying that he doesn't want it to happen yeah. and in his mind it's not happening or if the coaches have already told him it's not happening. So that's the part that we don't know at this point. It's pretty clear Landon Collins does not want to go from safety to linebacker. Congratulations, though, Landon. Unless you're speaking for Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, and we just don't know at this point, um, that's the other part of this that's unclear right now as to whether those two guys have said to Landon, hey, don't worry about it, you're not moving, or whether Landon is just speaking for himself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, context always matters in these things, but that's the problem with social media is if you don't provide the context, people are going to provide the context for you. And when you put a message out out there like that without context uh, being completely clear, when you're kind of opening that door, Landon Collins has been in the league for a while. He he knows how this game is played, uh, you know. So if, if he hasn't already had that conversation with with Coach Rivera and, and Coach Del Rio, like you said, then he's he's playing he's playing a, a slippery game here. And if he has had that conversation, I mean, even still, you know, I don't know. I would I would probably let the coaches field that question and announce that if, if they really want to, or at least come in there and there and say, you know, no, I've talked to coach and, and we're not moving me anywhere or something, you know, and look, he can do whatever he wants. It's, it's free country and freedom of speech and all that stuff. Uh, but at the same time with some of the noise it's going to create, I'm sure that in the midst of trying to build a winning culture, as Ron Rivera has put it, uh, he doesn't appreciate his, his big name players going out there and stirring up any type of, of drama, whether it's intentional or unintentional. No doubt about it. All right. It is mock draft Monday. And that means we take a look at at least one mock draft, maybe uh, depending on time more. Uh, And this latest one is after the first wave of free agency and there'll be additional waves. But Lance Zierlein, who has covered the draft and done a great job for NFL.com for a long, long, long time, did his uh, mock draft 2.0. But again, after that first wave of free agency where some needs are filled and it seems like everyone is zeroing in uh, in terms of mock drafts for the Washington football team at linebacker. Uh, and I wanted to bounce this one off of you. Uh, I don't think we've touched on Zaven Collins, the Tulsa linebacker. I know Pete Medhurst and myself on my radio show have uh, because he's seen him in person. But Zaven Collins is who Lance Zierlein goes with. A uh, big, big boy. I think like 255, if memory serves me correct, but also can cover. And I think around 6'3, 6'4. Uh, with, you know, some pretty good, I guess, character instincts and all that good stuff. Would you like Zaven Collins from Tulsa? Uh, I would, actually. I, I mean, the position is obviously a position of need, and so you have that fit there. But Zayvon Collins is also a, a good talent, and I mean, as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, he also seems to be a good character guy, a winner of the Bronco Nagurski Award, so that's always a good plus, you know, a, a nice little addition to any player's resume. But, you know, my preference at 19 for the Washington football team uh, is a linebacker at this current state, and, and that's what free agency is for, right, is, is to plug some of these holes so you come in and you have kind of a clear picture of what you want to go for, who you want to target, and how you want to address the draft. And I mean, 
Uh, you go back to the draft where uh, Devin White and Devin Bush were the two top off-ball linebackers. After those two, there really wasn't a whole lot of off-ball linebacker talent in that class. This year, you've got some good talent in the mid to late part of the first round, and that's exactly where Washington is picking. So you you use that draft class strength to your advantage, and maybe that's why we haven't seen uh, Washington make such a hard push for off-ball linebackers as they know they're going to have the opportunity to get a good one in the NFL draft. I prefer Jeremiah Wusukormo, who we have talked about out of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but in Lance's mock draft, he goes two picks earlier to the Las Vegas Raiders. So you take probably 2A and 2B or Zayvon Collins and Micah Parsons, a linebacker out of uh, Penn State. But with Micah's off-field, you know, quote-unquote issues and, and potential problems there, I mean, you hope the kid's going to clean it up in, in the pros. Uh, but again, you know, go back to Ron Rivera's last press conference, and he says, we want to build this team the right way. We want to build a good culture. So you, if you have two guys that are that close in talent, you take the guy that has the fewer or no off-field concerns versus the guy that has off-field concerns. That's exactly what Lance does here with uh, with Zayvon Collins. Right, and I think Collins can play both – uh, outside and inside. So, you know, um, a good possibility that you get some versatility and maybe somebody that can eventually slide over and replace John Bostic on the inside of the 4-3. Um, all right, so as we wrap up Mock Draft Monday here, David, uh, I think we have time for one more. You were just mentioning, um, you were just mentioning, uh, you know, th- that uh, – uh, Micah Parsons had some issues uh, and uh, Joe Marino from the draft network has Micah Parsons in his latest post first wave of free agency dropping down to 19. And I know I put, when I put the story out on Twitter, people were like, yeah, that's great, but he ain't going to be there. Do you think there's a, a shot based on what you were just mentioning that Parsons could drop to 19 and if he's there, then Washington snaps him up. Uh, I absolutely do. Especially when you have uh, fairly recent off field accusations coming against a player and in a time like this, you know what I mean? There's no NFL scouting combine for him to really get out there, talk to all 32 NFL teams, show them who he is as a young man, and then maybe have some private meetings then maybe have a visit in house. You know what I mean? To be able to show them kind of, this is who I am. This is what I've been doing and have the opportunity. Now they will have some conversations and obviously Michael Parsons is going to have his chance to, to talk to some of these teams, but you know, there's there's just a difference between doing it in person and there's a difference between doing it over a camera. And when you're doing it over a camera, it's kind of hard uh, to, to give somebody that that full on impression of who you are as a young man. And there are a lot of coaches, you know, there's there's a lot of, of science and, and, and research and data that comes into building an NFL roster and evaluating a player. But Chris, you know this as well. There's also a lot of, I would call it art to it. It's some of it's gut instinct. And some of it's just how do you feel about your relationship, your rapport with this guy? And it does he just seem like the kind of dude we want on this team? And Micah Parsons is going to have a hard time communicating that to some of these teams that have these concerns. So again, when you look at it and you go through the list and you say you want one of these linebackers and you have a guy with some of these off-field issues, the you look at Joe Marino's mock draft and Cormo is on the board. You know what I mean? Yep. He's on the board when the Washington football team takes Parsons over him. Is It's possible, obviously, and Parsons is, is incredibly talented. You know what I mean? But unless mm-hmm. he's able to make a really big impact on a guy who, who mm-hmm. values character as much as Ron Rivera does, I don't see them taking him, and I see a lot of NFL teams potentially waiting on him. There are some concerns that he's going to slip into day two because of those off-field problems. You know, I, I mean, listen uh, – every team values that differently, right? If they had Micah Parsons at 12 on their board, 
at 19, they might be willing to overlook some of the character issues because they had him rated so high. So it really will depend on where they had him pegged on their board in terms of the talent and assuming that they stay at 19. Uh, And then they have to, of course, be comfortable with the risk. I would just I would just say this real quickly. This team better be really careful because they've had too many recent high draft picks. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins, not criminal or or not, you know, uh, legal, but dumb uh, mistakes and and a bad work ethic. And then Darius Geis was obviously a disaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they better be real careful when it comes to that stuff yeah absolutely I, I feel like this staff is definitely putting a premium on character so that's why i kind of pause anytime i see michael parsons uh tied to this team but you know again uh if you're if you're a fair human being or there's two sides of every story and usually the you know the truth is somewhere in the middle give him his time give him his ability his opportunity to say his piece and then you have to just roll with it and at the end of the day they're going to make a decision that they feel is best for their team and and move forward with it and hopefully they get proven right All right, that is David Harrison, and that is going to do it for this opening uh, episode of the week. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to Built Bar and BetOnline.ag for presenting today's episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. And most importantly, thanks to you for listening, sharing, downloading, as well as subscribing, rating, and reviewing the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Don't forget, make sure you spread the word, spread the love, and hit us up also at WrestleMania621, at DHarrison82, and the podcast at Locked WFT Podcast. Back with you for another episode coming up. Don't go too far. Thanks for being with us on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.